0: Two, one, welcome back to the Bushnell Project. Glad you are back yet again as we are continuing through Genesis and we're in the middle of Noah's story here in Genesis 6, 7, 8. And we're in the chapter 7. Here comes the flood. God is telling Noah and his family to get on the ark. There's a seven-day warning, if you will, here. Many people say that it seems like throughout creation and up to this point, God is establishing for us the seven-day week. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. There's other things that are very, very interesting about the significance of when the ark would finally come to rest in chapter eight, along with uh, how it coincides with Passover and actually the resurrection of Jesus. But we're not going to get into that. I want to really look at the obedience of Noah and think about some of the stuff that I think we often do not ponder in the midst of being rescued. Right. So we all need to be rescued from our sin. We all need to be uh, accept. Christ as our atonement. Jesus is our atonement, and in that, sometimes I think we are looking for it to be a very peaceful, very easy thing to do. Oh, I need to, I need to ask for forgiveness. John the Baptist tells us to repent and believe, and Jesus uh, is telling us to repent and believe on Him. And so this repenting can be a difficult thing. Well, for Noah and his family, it wasn't just getting on the ark. Now, let's think about that. They got on an ark, which had one door, and it probably did not have a lot of windows. It had three stories. Maybe there was a compartment at the very top. And so there's some you could speculate different things. And if you go to uh, Ken Ham's, Ken Ham's Ark or Noah's Ark by Ken Ham, Ken Ham has built a life-size uh, Ark, I think near in Kentucky near Cleveland. I think just just south of Ohio and It's massive. I know I haven't been there, but I've heard unbelievable things about this and Ken Ham is one of those uh, scientists uh, apologetics kind of a uh, Getting into dinosaurs and and all that and I think he gets a lot of his science right now, of course, all of it is based on uh... Evidence not based on proof. We weren't there when this happened and we can't repeat the actions of what happened so it makes it hard on science, but we can look at the evidence and there's a lot of evidence pointing toward this massive flood throughout the entire earth, covering all the mountains as described in Genesis chapter seven. And so but I want us to think about Noah and his family. As they enter the ark, door shut, now they're in this ark that is filled with everything they put in there, including animals. Um, and every creeping, crawly thing, and every foul of the air, and they're all on there. And there's probably a very organized system. Maybe the large animals are on the bottom, and and so on and so forth. They may have had things on top to collect water, because now it's going to rain for 40 days, so there shouldn't be a shortage of water for 40 days. But the thing is, is that they're going to be on this boat where they have no control over where it goes, and it's going to rain and rain and rain and who knows if there's people at first pounding on a door we we don't know that and but they are in this park, and if there are windows it's pretty dark out because it's raining constantly and so for 40 days it rains and today we could not have a weather system that could bring 40 days we just don't have the atmosphere for that anymore so that would literally be impossible so the atmosphere must have been different back then, and, and the Bible alludes to the heavens opening up along with the earth opening up. And so there's a, a long word for this canopy that would have been above the earth that scientists who who study this and are much much smarter than me uh, talk about. So imagine a big canopy that's protecting us from the radiation of the sun, that's creating a thicker air, so a thicker uh, oxygen. And matter of fact things are better, life is, is more abundant if you will, the atmosphere would have been equal all around, so the temperature would have been virtually the same from pole to pole because of this canopy, creating somewhat of a greenhouse effect if you will. And then now that canopy is collapsing as a part of this rain. And so for 40 days you're on a boat, you're on an ark that you have no control over. The waves are probably getting pretty big, especially as it gets above the mountains and now with the canopy gone, you've got, the temperatures are going to change, and so the part of the earth that's the furthest from the sun is going to start getting suddenly really, really cold. The part closest to the sun is going to be getting suddenly much warmer, and then those, those are going to create all kinds of winds, and so as we get to the arc, The rain stopping eventually. The winds do pick up, and that is what is credited with drying up the earth. Are these winds? So all that makes sense when you really study it that way. But here's what I want us to think about: is Noah and his family were told to get on the ark. There was no hey, and this is what's going to happen. Here's the here's the game plan, folks. Uh, You're going to be on the ark for about 150 days, uh, with it floating. I mean tossed about by every wave and by the wind. Then it's going to finally rest on a mountain, but you can't get out yet, it's going to take a couple of months before you can still get out because the land will not be reproducing anything, so there's nothing to get out to. So you're going to be on the ark for seven plus months and then you're going to be free. Now they were just told to get on the ark and so they did and the earth was flooded. And so think about the turmoil you might be in, whatever you might be going through right now. It is a season. It is a journey. It too shall come to pass. It too shall come to an end. This will change. Things will uh, come about. And some of the promises we have. So Noah is trusting God. And in it he finds his peace in trusting God. Not in him. Not even in the ark Although he is trusting in this ark That God has told him exactly how to build That he and his sons built for a hundred years But he's trusting in God He's trusting in God's faithfulness And he knows that God will rescue him And In, in Romans chapter 8 We have this beautiful verse That tells us that uh, For those who love God That God works out those things He works all things out for those who love Him And so we we can trust God that he will work this out this too shall pass now maybe not in our timing maybe not the way we want it to go so I want to encourage you men especially you know to be in God's word to be prayerful men these are days these are these are times when God will raise up uh prayerful believers that are praying for this for this world praying for the church praying for revival that the light of God may reflect into the darkness and that the salt that we the salt can preserve life and bring about the change that is needed so look around you there's lots of opportunities to be men of God to be women of God to be families that worship God to praise him no matter what the circumstances are to be people who pray people who are in God's word who are studying God's word so I hope you're enjoying this a uh, little pass through history here and going through genesis I really believe this is not just the story back in those days story actually meant history and we've just changed that title so check out Ken Ham there's a, there's a video link I'll try to put the link in this but I don't know how we, I don't know how all that works so I'm gonna put the link in my Sprout thing of a majiggy to a YouTube video that's really cool that when you have time you can watch it because. It's Ken Ham walking you through this arc that he has made and it's it's pretty cool. All right, God bless you guys. A little long today. Hope you're having a hope you have a great day and that you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.